Well, welcome back to the Career Passport Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel. And I'm Raquel. And today we get to continue our series. Last week, we spoke to Raquel about her experience going back to school and making the decision to go back. Today, I'm going to talk about how to keep working on building your skills, whether or not you decide going back to school is the right decision for you. Yeah, Rachel, and I'm super excited to hear what you have to say about this. But before we get into that, can you just please formally introduce yourself, let us know who you are and how long you've been with the company and a little bit about your career path. Definitely. I am Rachel Edwards, been hosting the podcast since its inception last year. I have been with Nelnet or NBS going on 13 years. My anniversary is in October. I've held a variety of positions throughout my tenure, started out on the ops team. I was an assistant, then moved up to account manager, implementation specialist, then a trainer in the operations department. And then for the last seven years of my career, I have been on Cindy Terwilliger's team where we're now online help and communication specialists. Why don't you tell us why I should be interested in developing my skill set if I'm already happy where I'm at in my current career? Absolutely. I think there's a lot of people listening who are most likely happy with their current careers right now, and they're not really looking to get promoted or move on to a different department or position. But that doesn't mean that we should stop building our skills. We can continue working on our skill sets, whether or not we want to make big advancements within the company or outside the company. So One of the reasons why it's really important is I read an article called The Five Big Benefits of Learning New Skills, and that was on vault.com by Albin Morgan. So you should be able to find it very easily if you want to read the full article just by Googling that information. But he gives a great summary of five main reasons why it's really important to continue building your skill set no matter where you are in life. So reason number one is it keeps you healthy. Not only does it allow you to gain new experiences, but it keeps your brain active and those neural pathways within your brain active. And the way that I think about this is I'm sure everybody had some kind of experience in high school where they were taking a class learning a different language. So Mm -hmm. if you can put yourself back in that situation, I'm sure you remember conjugating verbs and learning sentence structure in a different language. But if you're pretty far out of that high school experience like I am, how many of us actually remember much, if anything, about that language that you learned? (laughs) You might remember some basics like how to count to 10 or basic conversation like asking where the bathroom is or something like that. But it would be pretty difficult to remember much of that information if we haven't used it within the last few years. So that illustrates the point that it's really good mental exercise to learn something new. Our brain is like a muscle. So if you don't use it, then you tend to lose it, Mm. Um, which is why we should always be pursuing some kind of learning path or new skill set, whether it's something that we can put into practice for ourselves or whether it's just knowledge that we keep in the back of our head for something else. And then the other part of keeping you healthy is 
it can be very therapeutic to learn something new. And I'm, I'm not saying that this replaces any kind of therapy experience, but if you're just kind of struggling, you feel like you're stuck, try learning something new and see how you feel during the process of learning and then right after you've learned something new. Chances are you'll feel very good about yourself for pursuing that skill set and learning something new. The next thing that he talks about in that article is it opens doors. And what they mean by that is you can very easily be presented with new opportunities when you learn something new. And for people listening to our podcast here, it might be things that you can learn and use inside of NBS if it's a new product or a new technology or a new system. Or it might be something that you could do outside of NBS, like maybe you learn a new instrument and then you can play in a local symphony or a local band. But it will broaden your horizons and open doors in very different ways than choosing not to expand that skill set or learn something new. Okay, so we've talked about two. The next one is increases your adaptability. And I don't know about you, Raquel, but I struggle with adaptability, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because when I took the Clifton Strengths assessment, it said that adaptability is my number one strength. I think I was taking <laughs> that assessment for what I wished to be because I'd love to be oh, adaptable, but sure. it takes me a while to adjust if the plans have to change, whether that's something work-related or something in my personal life. I need to process. If I am willing to do the hard work of learning something new, then I get that experience of increasing my confidence in myself. And by being confident that I can learn something new, then I, as a result, become more adaptable to my current situations or current circumstances. And then it also helps nurture a very growth-based mindset mm -hmm. where I'm continuing to pursue new learning opportunities and gather new skills for myself as opposed to just kind of standing still and staying where I'm at. Number four, this one was very interesting to me, but one of the things that the, the writer of the article said was it increases your likability. And interesting. <laughs> it is very interesting. <laughs> I don't know if I would call it likability. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, I think it's more increasing your market ability. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, I do think that learning new skills just naturally makes it so that you can connect with other people on different topics because you might be pursuing relationships with people that have an interest in something that you don't necessarily know about. And if you learn about that, then that just automatically makes it so that you can have sure. a conversation with them. Sure. So yes, maybe a little bit more likable, but the more skills you have, the more people are going to be drawn to you and the more you can share share what you can do. Let's say that you pick up a new language or you learn a new system or you learn a new technology as part of your learning path. You can put that on your resume and then if you do decide to pursue a different position within the company or uh, maybe even just a an opportunity in your community. If you have it on your resume or something that you can pull out of your back pocket and say, yeah, I know exactly what that is, then people will be more drawn to you to say, oh, this person knows about XYZ. That information could be very useful to us. So definitely increases your markability there. And then the last portion 
that he talks about in the article is it keeps you relevant. So here's mm. one of the key factors, I feel like, why it's very important to keep working on your skills, even if you're not interested in pursuing a promotion or a different position. We're all in positions where we have to continue to evolve our skill set because we're going to get new things thrown at us pretty regularly in our jobs. We're going to have to learn how to use new products. We're going to have to learn how to use new systems. There's going to be a new computer program that comes out that's going to make us more efficient at our jobs. And when that happens, if we are willing to step out and start learning about those different skill sets and those different products or systems, then we're automatically more relevant within our own position. So we're putting ourselves in a really great position to become very key members of the teams that we're on. So Rachel, I really like the way you talked about having a growth mindset, because Mm -hmm. that to me just means that you want to keep getting better. You Mm want to keep growing, not necessarily move up or move over. So I really like the way you put that. So can you give us some resources that might be available to us to build our skills? Yes, absolutely. So I think one of the most obvious resources that I can plug in this podcast is the Career Passport Program itself. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I know. Your listeners are probably very shocked that <laughs> I'm I'm plugging the Career Passport program. But I mean, really, what Career Passport is, it's a, a vast collection of lots of different resources to help you learn something or to help you learn a new skill. There are tons and tons of different things that you can take advantage of within the Career Passport program to accomplish that for you. And because everybody's familiar with that, I'm not going to go into great detail about all those different resources that we have, but they are in that welcome packet in the team for Career Passport. So if you want to reacquaint yourself with some of those items, maybe put a few extra pieces of those on your list, I would highly encourage you to do so. But other places, let's talk about some other resources that you can use to learn some new things. One of my favorite places to learn new things is YouTube. I am same here. I, I go to YouTube sometimes before I even go to Google. (laughs) <laughs> yep. I I am a YouTube fanatic. I love watching videos about things that I'm curious about. There's tons of great content creators out there. They make videos on just about anything. Anything and everything. <laughs> yes. One of my favorite content creators, again, big surprise, Amy Landino. <laughs> uh, yeah, same here. I love her. We've used a few of her resources within our Career Passport program, but I've learned so much from her, and I would highly recommend anybody go and check her videos out. She has just a wealth of knowledge to share on productivity and making sure that you are in that growth mindset. So Mm -hmm. she's great. But other ones, there's another lady called Michelle B, and her name is spelled with a U, so it's M-U-C-H. E-L-L-E. She's Australian. She has a great accent, but she's kind of similar to Amy Landino in that she talks a lot about productivity, how to stay focused, how to continue finding areas of inspiration, just staying engaged with your life and being an active participant in your life as opposed to, you know, just kind of letting things happen or pass you by. So she's a great productivity and lifestyle YouTuber who I find very interesting. And then the last one is 
pickup limes. That's like mm. lime as in fruit, not as in pickup yes. lines at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's another great resource for any kind of organizational style or tool that you might be interested in. And also just some very general lifestyle tips. Those are all great options. I mean, there's tons of other content creators out there that can teach you just about anything. I think if you just go to YouTube and just type in a word, I think I stumbled upon Amy Landino when I was looking for ways to be more productive. And she was mm -hmm. one of the videos that I watched and I've been in love with her ever since. So mm -hmm. type in a word and see what pops up. Absolutely. I have three quick examples of things that I've learned how to do on YouTube and they're kind of all over the place. So one of the things I'm most proud of was I learned how to change the brake light on a former car that I had. Wow. <laughs> I am not mechanically inclined in any way, shape or form, but I Googled it, got a YouTube video and I had it done within 30 minutes. I also learned about commonplace books, specifically from Amy Landino. There were a lot of other resources available on YouTube about that particular topic, but I just did a lunch and learn on commonplace books. And that's where I learned all of my material that I taught in that lunch and learn. And then the last thing is how to give myself a home haircut. <laughs> <laughs> scary, scary, but I watched a great instructional video on how to section out your hair and I was able to do it with very minor issues. <laughs> wow, congrats. That's pretty cool. Like I said, you can learn anything on YouTube. Oh my gosh. That reminds me, these past few weeks, we've had some home issues come up. The kid's bathtub just would not stop running. The faucet mm -hmm. would not turn off. Oh my so, goodness. Of course, we go straight to YouTube. We figure out what the issue is, but we got it figured out thanks to YouTube. And then our fridge overflowed, it flooded. It was on the floor, water everywhere. We were like, what the heck? And in the midst of grabbing towels, YouTube was there to save the day. And course it fixed the issue so yes YouTube mm -hmm. is a savior <laughs> Agreed. and I mean along that same lines as YouTube if you're more of an auditory processor then podcasts are a oh, great yeah. option again I have tons of podcasts that I enjoy but I'm not going to name every single one some of the great ones that I know of are how to be awesome at your job that is an amazing podcast we used it excessively in the career passport program last year just because it's such a great resource to learn from others so there were lots of different experts on that podcast yeah. that the host interviewed, and they just covered a variety of work-related topics. So that's a, an excellent podcast to learn some new skills or learn something new from. Another one that I've just heard of is the Tim Ferriss Show or Timothy mm. Ferriss Show. He's the author of The 4-Hour Workweek, but he interviews experts in lots of different fields and kind of distills their success stories down into actionable items that you can take for yourself and apply to your own life. So that's a really intriguing podcast to me. And then, I mean, if you're interested in learning new languages, there's tons of podcasts on learning new languages. There's so many different things that you can learn just from that auditory side of a podcast. So highly recommend checking out any place that you go to listen to podcasts. So we've kind of been all over the place with job skills, language skills, and home and car repair skills. So how would you suggest I decide what skills I need to pursue? That is an excellent question. I think 
one of the first things that you need to do is cultivate a study plan. So I was reading a book called The Accidental Creative by Todd Henry. And if you went to my Lunch and Learn on Commonplace books, you got a little taste of this content as bonus content. Yes, you Um, talked me into buying the book, Rachel. (laughs) I'm very persuasive. (laughs) Um, But study plans are really important for you to decide what you want to learn and how you're going to do it. So one of the first things that he has you do when you're thinking about your study plan is he wants you to ask yourself three different questions. So number one is where are you lacking information that you might need over the next three months specifically for your work? And I think this can be applied to either your work or your personal life. So he phrases the question that way in the book, but I say apply it to either or. Or both. But what are you going to need? So do you need to develop some business acumen? Do you need to learn about some new technologies that might be available to you in your job? Try to ask yourself that question and figure out where your gaps in your knowledge are. The second question, what are you curious about personally? What do you just think about when you know you're sitting on your couch maybe playing on your phone or you're taking a walk what are you thinking about what is something that kind of pops into your head and makes you say or ask yourself i wonder how that works or i would love to know more information about x so what are you thinking about what sounds interesting to you and then kind of write down some just different topics and areas that you might be interested in. and then the last question to ask is what would be good for you. Meaning, Mm -hmm. is there an area of your life that you know could maybe use a little work? Like for me, it would definitely be health related things. So nutrition, I should probably learn about nutrition over the course of the next few months or exercise plans or anything kind of related to that area of my life. I should be cultivating an active study plan for and finding resources that might help me out in that area. So once you've answered those three questions. You've determined uh, what's going to be good for you, what you're interested in, and areas where you're lacking. This is where you start to really develop and pull out some of those topics and find resources that support those topics. And so Todd Henry calls this a stimulus cue. So you start a list, basically. It's just a a regular list. You can write it down. You can put it in your phone anywhere. It doesn't matter. Just so long as it's someplace that you're going to be able to have easy access to it. But it's a collection of items that you can read or you can watch or you can listen to to learn more about the topics that fit into those three questions that you just asked yourself. The other thing, too, is you might have some things that come to mind that you can add to your stimulus queue right now as you're answering those questions for yourself. But you might come across something maybe in a week or two, like a book that would be very helpful in your pursuit of knowledge about your skill or topic that you're interested in. So when you come across something like that, you write it down on your stimulus queue so you can easily keep track of that item and then know, okay, if it's a book, I need to go to the library and pick that book up or I need to get on Amazon and purchase it for myself. But it's really important that you keep a list of those items so when you finish one, then you know what item you want to move on to next and you're not just kind of sitting waiting for something else to show up that might help you or that you might be interested in. The other part of that too is as you're working through your stimulus queue, you're reading these books books, articles, you're watching these videos, you're going to start to get ideas. So it's important to curate those ideas as well. So for example, if I'm working on my health and fitness and I'm reading a book about getting healthy, it might spark an idea in me that I want to start a yoga club. 
that's going to keep me accountable and get some friends and family involved. I don't want to lose that idea. So it's important for me to keep track of that item right along with my stimulus cue so I can execute that idea. In addition to keeping a stimulus cue, you'll want to keep an ideas list that results from working through your stimulus cue. And then the other big part of having a study plan is staying engaged. So staying engaged means you have to create structured time for your study. It's not just a, oh, I have this book and I'll get around to reading it someday. It's, okay, I have this book and I'm going to set aside 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever chunk of time works for you in your schedule. But I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this every day. It sounds intimidating, but I would recommend that you start small. So especially if you have a family that you are, you know, you live with, or if you have small children running around, reading anything can be hard. But I would say just about everybody can find 15 minutes in their day, fit in somewhere, whether it's getting up a little earlier, staying up a little later, whatever works for you and your schedule. But find that 15 minutes to read a few pages in that book and get started. And then other things that you'll want to do as you're staying engaged, you'll want to make sure that you're taking good notes and notating different things that stand out to you in those items in your stimulus queue. So if you're reading a book or an article, maybe you want to just jot those notes down right in that book or right on that article. Or if you're listening to a podcast or watching a video, have a piece of paper in front of you and jot down the things that are important to you or things that you want to take action on. Because I can tell you, if I'm watching a video and something inspires me in that moment and I say, oh, I would love to try this or I want to do this, and I don't write it down, I'm not going to do it. So mm -hmm. <laughs> make sure that you're taking good notes as you're engaging with your study materials. And then the other important part is now that you've got notes, then you want to make sure that you review those notes. Because again, I'm sure every one of us has gone to a conference or an event and you've taken page after page of notes and then they sit in a drawer just gathering dust. That's happens to me, Rachel. I don't know what you're talking about. I know. I know. Nobody does it, but everybody does it. <laughs> so make sure that you build a little bit of time into your day to review your notes from the previous day. So if I'm reading a book on nutrition, in my example that I gave just a few minutes ago, and I write some really great notes in my book or in a notebook uh, or on a piece of paper or whatever. I don't want to just leave those there. I want to spend a little bit of time the next day looking at those notes and finding ways that I can incorporate what I've written down into my practice that day. That sounds really doable. And it's it's so simple. <laughs> can be very simple, but as People, we can also overcomplicate that because I'm sure everybody has had a time where they've been very excited about incorporating a new item into their day and they've spent the time to find the resources they need. They've watched the video, they've listened to the podcast, and then they've gone full force. And then after a day or two or a week or two, or even a month or two, then it just kind of peters out. It's because mm -hmm. we're trying to do too much at once. We've talked about this in previous podcasts before, but it's really important that you try to just start small and then you can build slowly. So if you're going to incorporate some kind of a study plan into your life, don't go out and buy five books 
and start <laughs> reading them all at the same time. Like you have my permission to go out and buy five books. I've bought several books at the same time, but don't try to read them all and do all the things at the same time. You have to take it in chunks. Otherwise yeah. you're going to get to that point where you get overwhelmed and it's always going to be a lot sooner than you think it is. And then every step that you've taken forward, you're just going to keep tumbling back down the hill. <laughs> And, you know, I've been there. You're super excited. And then it, it just turns into overwhelm. Exactly. Like, right away. Exactly. So, yeah, I think just step by step, take it slow. And if you have that plan, I think that's key because you're going to be able to follow something. And you don't really have a deadline. It's just to get there. So mm -hmm. I really like that idea. Right. One step at a time, not 10 steps yes. at a time. <laughs> exactly. So Rachel, what if I'm somebody who's still undecided on whether I should go back to school or whether I should just start working on developing some new skills? How would you guide me in that? That is an excellent question. I think one of the things that you really have to think about when you're considering these questions is you have to examine your values. So mm. Once you've defined what your values are, then you can see, does going back to school support those values or does building some skills without some kind of formalized education program support that value? So for example, you know, maybe one of your most important values is family. This could go either way. It's going to depend on how you view that value. Maybe you want to be able to provide more for your family and going back to school would absolutely support that value. Or maybe your important thing right now is you want to spend as much time with your family as possible. Going to school might not support that value in that circumstance. You have to spend some time and look at those values, look at these questions and compare them and see if they actually end up supporting that value. So that's going to be very important to you mm -hmm. for step number one. After you've looked at your values, you've asked yourself those questions, then you have to look at your goals. So again, let's take that family example. Let's say you've decided that family is your number one value. Everything you do is going to support that value in your life. And you want to spend as much time with that family as possible. But then let's say your goal is you want to be a nurse or a doctor someday. Well, you're going to have to get the education that supports that goal. So you might have to do a little bit of realigning and see, all right, if my end goal is getting into the medical field and I have zero education in the medical field, I'm going to have to plan out my steps to get there. So my value, I might have to look at it as I'm going to be able to provide better for my family if I can get into the medical field as opposed to spending as much time with my family as possible in the current present moment. You have to define what your goals are and see which path is going to support both that value and that goal. Yeah, that's a big one. You can't learn how to be a doctor on YouTube, unfortunately. I wish. <laughs> Actually, no, I don't. I don't wish that. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, I think that's one of those cases where it's very important to have a very specialized education. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and then the last thing you have to do is you have to take a look at the resources that you have available to you. Do you have the time, the money, the support system that would enable you to pursue that education? If you do, then great. Pursue it and 
you know, good luck to you on that. If you don't though, you might have to realign some of those things in your life and take action steps to get those in order. And then you can look at that again and say, okay, I have enough time. I have enough support and I have the finances that can support this goal for me going back to school. I think one of the greatest resources that we have available if going back to school is one of your main goals is the tuition reimbursement program at Nelnet. We talked about it in the previous podcast. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) That is definitely a huge help when it comes to the resource of money, but it's not the only factor. (laughs) So no, not at all. (laughs) Definitely. So you have to, to examine those resources and see, do you have the ability to go back to school at this time? If not, then Again, if that's your goal, then work toward getting where you do have those resources available to you. And in the meantime, work on advancing your skill set. If you do have all of the resources available, but you say, I don't think that's the right path for me, then that's fine mm-hmm. too. Then just continue yeah. working on your building your skill set and learning new things. Exactly. It, I think the important thing to walk away with is it's a very personal experience that's going to depend yes. on your goals, your values, and what you have available to you to make it happen. And I even think that you could maybe even use your study plan scenario. If you don't think you have the discipline to get to school and get things done the way they should be, then maybe just kind of do a test and and create a study plan and see if you can follow that. And then maybe that's your stepping stone to going back to school. Mm -hmm. I love everything that you talked to us today about, Rachel, and I'm excited to get into that book and learn more about study plans and study guides and learn a new skill. So thank you so much for, for doing that research and talking to us today. Yes, happy to do it. The series was really great and we've got some great episodes coming to you in the future as well. So make sure that you keep listening. And if you have any topic ideas or anything that you would like Raquel and I to discuss on the podcast, we are always open to your suggestions. So shoot us an email, shoot us a chat in Teams. You know exactly where to find us. So don't stop submitting ideas. We love hearing from you guys. Yes. Thanks so much for listening and we'll talk to you guys later. Bye.